but let's pray together. Let's ask God to bless the word this morning. Can we do that? It's already blessed, but for us to receive it. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for your word that is alive. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts today. Pray, God, that you would minister to us and that we would receive from you and that we would respond to you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. My subject today is Thanksgiving that fills the house. Thanksgiving that fills the house. Um, to, to get to where I'm wanting to go this morning, I have to backtrack just a little bit, and that is to t- tell the story of a man named Lazarus. Lazarus lived in Bethany, which was at that particular time, there was a, there was a path that led from Jerusalem all the way to Bethany, and it was, it was a city that was about an hour's walk from Jerusalem. So it's very close to Jerusalem. Um, matter of fact, we were able to go there when we were there. Um, I don't know if y'all went into Bethany or not, Sister Hurst, when you were there, but that's where Lazarus and Mary and Martha, his sisters, lived. Um, there is a church now that is built uh, near the location of where their home was. They Today, that city is in such a state of turmoil that there is actually no police presence in Bethany. There's not an Israeli police presence. There's not a military presence. There's not even a Palestinian presence. It is a Palestinian-occupied city. It's mostly Palestinians that live there. There's a handful of Christians and a handful of of, uh, Jews, but I think they told us there's something like 60-something Christians that are left living in that city. And... um, uh, it's, it's, you'll see kids as young as, uh, Asher or, or Bo or some of these guys walking through this town, through the city, carrying guns and machine guns. And it's just, it's just quite a place to be. Um, at this particular time, it wasn't quite like that. And Lazarus lived there with his sisters, Mary and Martha. And uh, you'll remember uh, Mary and Martha. They had their little uh, spat one time when Jesus was there ministering. Um, Martha was serving, and she was running back and forth trying to make sure everybody's taken care of. And Mary, the Bible said, and this is important to remember. I'll point this something out about this later. But Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, and she was listening to the words that he was saying and that the things he was telling them and teaching them. And so uh, it's that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And at some point, Jesus got a message, and they told him, they said, Lazarus, your friend that you love, is sick. And so Jesus, they were expecting him to come immediately, but Jesus did not come immediately. He waited for four days. And when he got ready to leave, he made that curious statement, He said these words. He said, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad. Lazarus is dead, and I am glad. Why was he glad about that? Did they, you know, had Lazarus owed him some money or something? No, nothing like that. I believe Jesus was glad because the glory of God was getting ready to be 
shown in a very powerful way. And people were going, I think there's a couple of lessons there. One is this, that Jesus will even allow his friends to go through very difficult things. And Jesus will even allow those that he is very close to, to have to walk through some things that we don't always want to walk through. However, the end of that story is that he has all things in his hands. And that when it's all said and done, he has the last word. Whether it be cancer, whether it be heart disease, whether it be diabetes, whether it be death, Jesus has the last word. And for that, I'm thankful today. When he came in to where they were, um, he, he is dealing with them. Um, Martha came and, and she told him, uh, let's see, she said Jesus to, unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believe, believest thou this? She said, yes, Lord, I'll believe. She went her way. Well, then Mary, her sister, uh, came, and, and she went to where Jesus was. And uh, she went to the grave to meet him as he was coming there. And she fell down. Notice this is the second time for Mary. Mary fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When he saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her. He groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? Then they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. And so they take him to the grave where Lazarus is. And when he gets to that grave, he tells them, he said, Roll the stone away. And they said to him, they said, Lord, it's been four days by this time, he stinketh. And somebody preached a message years ago, and I loved it. They preached the stink won't stop him. Isn't that good? doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how dead it seems. It doesn't matter how much of a foregone conclusion it would appear to be. The stink won't stop him. We've all got situations in our life probably that stink. We've all got things that we've encountered in life that stink. But I want you to know it doesn't matter how bad it is. It won't stop the Lord from coming to where you are. And the same God who created the earth, the same God who spoke things into existence, the same God who rolled back a Red Sea, the same God who brought them across a Jordan River, the same God who caused walls to come down, the same God that was with Israel and caused an entire army, army to be smitten with blindness is the God that is here today and the stink will not stop him. Amen. So they rolled the stone away and Jesus spoke out. And anybody, I know I've asked this before, anybody remember a guy by the name of Carmen? 
Remember Carmen? It had been the 80s, right? And uh, old brother Carmen was, was a storyteller. He was a storyteller and still is. And, and he, uh, well, he had some great songs. But one of my favorite was this song about Lazarus. And in his rendition of telling that story, he took a few liberties with it. But it must have been Thanksgiving time in heaven. Because in his story, he said that uh, Lazarus dies and goes to heaven. And, and he sees Abraham and he sees Isaac and Jacob and all of these David and all these are going. And he said, where are y'all headed? And somebody said, uh, they're headed to test- testimony night. So it must have been Thanksgiving, right? He said, we're heading to testimony night. And they get there and, and he starts going through all of them and says, you know, Abraham stood up to testify and talked about it. I remember when he called me. And told me to follow him. He'd make a great nation of my people that would follow after me. And, and uh, Jacob said, preach it, Grandpa. And, and he said, the Holy Ghost hit King David. He just started to dance. <laughs> and he goes through all of those. And after everybody else is done testifying, Lazarus stands up and says, well, I've got something I'd like to say. He said, I, I appreciate what all you've said, but I knew him in a way that none of y'all ever knew him. He said, you see, I walked with him, and I talked with him, and I sat down to dinner with him, and he was my friend, and I got to be face-to-face with him. And, and I had, he said, I, I remember the little things. And he said, matter of fact, I can just remember the, the, the way he used to say my name. And about that time, Jesus is standing outside that tomb and said, Lazarus. He said, matter of fact, it almost seems like I can hear him right now. And, Lazarus, and he said, matter of fact, I think I'm going to be going now, fellas, and Lazarus, I'll see y'all later, Lazarus, come forth. Y'all remember that? I feel like we need to have a drama about that right now, my goodness. We'd all shout, "Woo!" you know, Lazarus, come up out of that grave, and, and that's what happened that day. Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And when he did, it didn't matter that he had died. It didn't matter that the Jews believed the spirit stayed around the body for three days. But after three days, it vacated the the premises. It didn't matter it had been four days. When he said, come forth, that body had to get up. The spirit came back into it. And Lazarus came forth. Now you talk about a day of rejoicing. People had been crying. You know, they used to hire professional mourners and, and, and people who would come and cry with you and, and weep and wail with you. I mean, it, got, it, it became quite a production. It's like some people on Facebook today. I mean, that's another. <laughs> Y'all like how I just slipped that in there. That, see, that was for free, okay? And uh, they hear they're weeping, they're wailing, and, and then all of a sudden Lazarus comes out. Well, they probably started wailing again, but some of them was wailing to get out the way. And, and here he come, and Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Un- untie him. He's got all those, uh, those bandages wrapped around him where they had, they had wrapped him up. Loose him and, and let him go. And what a day of rejoicing that was. Yeah, that was a day of thanksgiving. And they began to worship God and and give praise to the Lord for what He had just done right before their eyes. If we went around this room today, I I just want to stop and say this. I want you to know that the days of miracles are not over. But God is still working miracles. 
And in this room today, there are miracles worshiping beside you, giving thanks to God with you. There are miracles in this room today of people that God has blessed and touched and he has been with. Clap your hands and give him a shout of praise. So they're, 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 they've got to be rejoicing. There's got to be people shouting. You know they're excited about what has just happened. Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. That's in chapter 11 of John. Somewhere between chapter 11 and chapter 12, Jesus leaves. At the, at the end there of that chapter 11, he leaves after he has raised Lazarus from the dead. And he goes back to Jerusalem. And, and uh, the Pharisees there are giving commandment that they want him dead. And, and all of these things are happening. But the Bible said in John 12 and 1, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house, notice this phrase, the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? He said in his self-righteous way. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And had the bag and bear what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone. Against the day of my bearing hath she kept this. For the poor always you have with you. But me you have not always. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only. But that they might also see Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead. This is really what I want to preach today. It's a simple message. It's not complicated at all. I'm preaching about Thanksgiving that fills the house. As all those people sat eating with Jesus, Lazarus with them. It's just, it's noteworthy. And it ought to stand out to us today. That his sister could not get over that Jesus had done something so wonderful in their lives. And while everybody else was eating. And everybody else was, was uh, talking one with another. Here came this woman Mary. And Mary comes walking in through the middle of everybody. But this is what I love. Mary in a society that did not, that did not value her getting up in front of a bunch of men. And pushing her way to the forefront. I love that Mary said, I don't care what the norms are. And I don't care what anybody else thinks about what I'm getting ready to do. Because I did not come here today 
for you or you or you or you. I came here today for Jesus. And I feel like there's some people in this room this morning that say, I didn't just come for you or you or you. I didn't come to talk. I didn't come to see what you were wearing. But I came because I knew that Jesus was going to be at Sanctuary Church this morning. And she pushed her way through everybody. And she got to where he was. And I'm going to have you know that this was not something that was just off the cuff to her. She did not just do this on the spur of the moment. But this is premeditated. And the way I know it was premeditated is because she did not come empty handed. But she brought with her that box holding that spike nerd, that ointment. That was very precious. Scholars believe that this was likely because this was worth a year's wages. Isn't that incredible? A year's wages. Whatever it is you make a year. Think about taking that pay, all those paychecks. Y'all don't want to think about that. I'm going to lose y'all this morning. She took that. And she brought it. They said this is probably a family heirloom that was kept for a rainy day just in case they ever had a need arise. They could sell it and they could take care of needs that they would have. And yet here comes Mary with the most valuable thing that she has. And she comes to where Jesus is and she says, excuse me, excuse me. Pardon me. What is she doing? Pardon me. Please get out of my way. She's not supposed to do that. It don't matter. Excuse me. I need to get to where that man is. Why you got to get to him? Because that man has done things in my life. And he's done things for my family that none of you could have ever done. That man's been better to me than I ever was to him. That man has done things for me. That man has forgiven me of my sins. That man has kept a... Of protection around me he has blessed me when I didn't feel like I should have been blessed he's always been with me and I'm not worried about any of you but I got something I need to take to him and here comes Mary and she gets to where Jesus is and she kneels before his feet and she takes that ointment breaks the box and, and here's the thing this, the, the problem with that was this it's not like she could take a little bit of that ointment out and save the rest. It was all, notice this, it was all or nothing. How do you know that? Because once that box was broken, that ointment could not be contained anymore. And it had to be used immediately. And so she wasn't trying to hold anything back for a rainy day. She said, I came on this day to give him everything that I've got. And she broke it and poured it out. And she began to worship Him. And she began to give thanks to Him for all that He had done. And I am preaching today. And the Bible said that when she did it, the odor of that ointment filled the entirety of that room. And so I am preaching today that your thanksgiving and your worship, my thanksgiving and my worship, when we come... And we give it all to Him. There is a beautiful odor that begins to fill the room. And there is nothing that will fill this house today. Like your thanksgiving can fill this house today. 
As we live in a day, and we're living in a society that does not value people saying thank you. It does not value like it should. People being grateful for things that have been done. We have so many that feel like they're owed something for some reason or other. We've got a generation, I hope this don't bother you, but, but let me. I'm going to preach. We've got a generation that wants something for nothing. And they want people who will just give them everything. And I'm not saying everybody's like that, but we've got a lot of people like that. And, and we want to raise this, and we want to do that. And I'm all for everybody having everything they need. I wish we could give everybody everything they need. But the truth of the matter is, it costs something. And you can't get something for nothing. And somewhere along the way, you're going to have to give your something in order to receive what you want to receive. I want to be a part of those who don't feel like it's owed to me. God, you didn't have to do this for me. You didn't have to go to a cross and die for me. You didn't have to take those lashes on your back for me. You didn't have to love me. You didn't have to care for me. You didn't have to do any of those things. But you did it anyway. And I'm here. Here on the Sunday morning. I'm here on a Thanksgiving Sunday. And I'm saying thank you Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. I'm here to say thank you Lord. David. Where's old Phelps at? There he is. He's down there. Okay. Thought we lost one of them. His parents would be a little worried we did that. David and Phelps. Y'all remember? Brother O'Connell telling you this one day, okay? I want y'all to remember the Lord was with y'all and your brother when it, and your mother when it was a really bad situation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Bo, when there was an accident at the house and, and we... We had the gun out, cleaning the gun and all that stuff. And 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 it could have been a really horrible, horrible situation. And a bullet went through your hand and it went into your wife's arm and should have just gone through that part of the arm. There was nothing there to stop it. But for some reason, it just turned and went the wrong way. But the wrong way was the right way. And we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Tammy, a lot of years you were gone. A lot of years of things that, that if you probably could do it over, you'd have done a lot of things over. And it was a lot of rough years. But one day you walked in this place. You said, Lord, you, you told the Lord some things and God confirmed them in that service. And the Lord was here that day. God, I just want to say thank you. You never forgot about me. You never forgot about me. Doctor said, can't have any children. It's not going to happen. It's an impossibility. You, 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 you absolutely, it'll never happen. And yet somewhere along the way, 17 years or so into a marriage, out of, out of the blue, we find out there's a baby on the way. And not just one, but we had another one too. Thank you, Jesus, for the things that you have done. Ben, you went and started that business and, and you lived in the garage and you started it with just a, with just a handful of dollars and a few old motorcycles. And, and, and it, that, was, that was some tougher days back then. And yet through the years, God's been good to you and God's grown your business. And, and you look around today and, and who would have believed that, that, came, that what you have now came from all of that? God's been good, Ben. God's been good. God's been good. 
I could go through this room today. You see, that was just one side of the church. I could go through this church today, and I could go from person to person to person, and I could begin telling things that God has done for you. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is nothing that wants that makes me want to sit on my hands today. There's not a tradition that makes me want to put my hand down. There's not anybody's opinion that makes me want to sit down on God when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all He has done for me, my soul. My soul cries out, hallelujah. Thanksgiving, you can be seated. Thanksgiving, it fills the house. It fills the house. Mary could not forget what the Lord had done for them. And so Mary came to that place she was so comfortable. She came, notice, she came to the feet of Jesus. The feet of Jesus. The same place the scripture said, you find it three times. One person, three times. Mary. The same place she was when Martha was serving. Mary, the Bible said, was at the feet of Jesus. Listening to what he had to say. When, uh, when Lazarus had died, she came running. Where did she run to? The Bible said she ran and she fell at the feet. Of Jesus. And so here on this third occasion, she comes one more time to that place that is oh so familiar to her to kneel at his feet. At her feet, she found a blessing. At his feet, she found a place to lay her heavy burdens. And it was at his feet that she gave God her very best. She gave God her very best. And so I am encouraging this church today to tell you, you need to make sure if you have found a blessing at his feet, if you've been able to lay your burdens at his feet, then you ought to come give him your best at his feet. You ought to be willing, make mention that his name be exalted. Forget not his benefits. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. I will lift up my voice and cry unto the God of my salvation. Over and over and over in Scripture, we are commanded. You can be timid about a lot of things. You can be timid about a whole bunch of stuff. If you want to be timid about raising... Uh, 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 encouraging the hogs right now. This would be a good time to be timid. <laughs> if you want to be timid about getting excited about your deer or your fish, be timid. If you want to be timid about uh, what you did with the state championship, or something, then be timid. But the one thing you don't need to hold back on is giving God thanksgiving for all that He has done. If there's any reason we have today to get excited, it's not because of the job you have. It's not because of the house you live in. But it's because of the God you serve. And if there's anything we ought to do to fill this room, it's ought, it ought to be to give thanksgiving. Give thanksgiving.
to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? If you go back, there's two times you find something filling the house like that. Well, I guess three. Isaiah said in the year King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. That means the evidence of all the glorious victories of God filled that room where he was in. That's one thing. We find Thanksgiving filling the house that day when Mary gave that spikenard and poured it over the feet of Jesus and gave him her best. You find that her best filled the house with that odor. There's one other time in Scripture that something filled the house. And that is when Solomon built that temple. And Solomon gathered there with all of Israel to dedicate it. And he prayed a beautiful prayer. A beautiful dedicatorial prayer to the Lord. It's in that prayer, 1 Chronicles 7, you can read part of it. It's in that prayer that he said, If my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. You know what he was saying? When they'll just turn around and give me all. If they'll give me all, I'll hear from heaven. And that day they begin to worship God. That day they begin to give thanksgiving to the Lord. And when they filled the house with their thanksgiving, the Bible said God turned around and said, I see your thanksgiving and I'm going to give you now my glory. And he allowed his glory to fill the house where they were sitting. So that the priests could not even stand to minister. Because the glory of God was so thick in that place. They could not even stand to minister. Oh God. Lord we're doing our part today. We want to fill the house with thanksgiving. Lord in turn. You're that king of glory we sang about just a little bit ago. In turn Lord. Would you allow your glory to fill this place. Would you allow your glory to fill this place. We're getting ready. We're getting ready in this service. To see, a, to see a divine transaction take place. A divine transaction is about to occur. I'm going to ask you, those of you that are able to, not everybody will be able to get down here, but those that can, I'm going to ask you to step out and come to the front of this church. And you can go ahead and make your way right now if you'd like. If you can't get to the front, maybe you can get into an aisle or something. Maybe you can do something. Step to the side if that's all you can do. But take a step. That says, God, I want you to see that I am responding today. Well, he knows my heart. He does know your heart, but he always loves it in Scripture when people take a step of faith. And as we take our step of faith today, we say, God, I didn't come here to ask you for one thing. I didn't come here to beg and plead for one thing. I came for one reason only on a Thanksgiving Sunday. And that is to give thanksgiving to you, my God. Would you just begin to do that now? Just tell him, Lord, I didn't come for anything. I just came to give. I just came to give.
I came to give. I came to say thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. You're wonderful in all your ways. Thank you for healing my body. Thank you for keeping your hands on my kids. Thank you, God, for directing our paths. Thank you for bringing us through the things we've walked through. Thank you for every good gift, Lord, that's come down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the things that you have done. Thank you, Jesus, for the...